smoking and growing and watching prohibition fall down. What's up, DGC? I have some special guests today, and we're running it nice and loose. And before we even smoke, I ask Guru if you turn on the cameras. Rolling Stoner, thank you for setting this up. And uh, hanging out with the, well, hang on. You guys, the Growers Network, the Grow House, the Can of Cribs guys. I, you know, first off, Nate, Mike, what's up, brother? How's it going? How's it going? going great, man. It's, all right, that's all the official intro. Now we're just going to get back to hanging out and smoking, okay. man. <laughs> that's but perfect. Seriously, uh, she, she showed me, uh, well, it's Can of Cribs is y'all's main content, right? Or that's yeah. just a super... That's your, what do they call that? The crown jewel of your the content, crown jewel, man. Yeah. I mean, we started off with Growers Network, which was like its own website. Right. And then we called one of our friends who's a commercial grower uh, who actually owns Glasshouse. Some people, if it's a big mm. brand that's up and coming in like okay. California. Okay. Same and by the way, this Grand is why we're Ferrar. doing this because yeah. you, the cannabis world is kind of in a bunch of, what would you call microclimates? <laughs> yeah. A yeah. bunch of bubbles. So you guys are in a cool bubble. Where are you guys hanging out or where do you? So yeah, home base is like Tucson, Arizona. Okay. So and kind of a... Phoenix. Yeah, yeah give or now. take. But I lived all over the country. Like I lived in Washington, Jersey. Went to school, University of Oregon. I used to live in the Bay Area in Cali. Oh, those are some so, like, cannabis hotspots there, man. They so are. You, you lived, uh, you know, yeah. grew up living it, man. Yeah, we got out of Jersey, so that was like the best part of it. <laughs> Jersey, so, huh? Yeah, you're from New Jersey. I got lost in Jersey for a few years, and then oh, I man. found my way out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have uh, my brother, and I'm, I originally, when I was, uh, I was born in Philadelphia. I lived there for like ten years. Okay, can very still close. Say, can yeah. probably still say water and gas. <laughs> but uh yeah i go up to new jersey every now and again actually i was pretty weirded out about the cannabis scene last time i went up there my friend had two milligram edibles and <laughs> two milligrams yeah. like someone sneezed thc yeah it's like a and i want to say and they were like cool. maybe one milligram thc one milligram cb there was you know it was ridiculous yeah man. you know i went to this like kind of like cocktail hour thing where they had one and a half milligram cocktails <laughs> So yeah. that, you know, you have five cocktails, maybe you actually start feeling it or something like couple, that. A couple, a couple of dozen. But then yeah, again, dozen, if you yeah. had 10 milligram cocktails and you had five of them, Since we're then just you'd, bullshitting. Be, you'd, be, you'd be drunk high in a kind of way you might be, you know, if you... 50% of people might be puking. Yeah. We'll see. Or they wouldn't buy the next drink. At that point. Yeah. 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 I tell you what, Mike, light that up. We're going to hang out. I'm scared of that fucking blunt, man. Yeah. I think it's pretty, it's pretty good. It's pretty I, do, good. I don't smoke tobacco, though. Is that going to be here? No, there was, that's the one thing I noticed is you can't really taste or feel tobacco. No. Yeah. If I freak out, man. Thing. I'm so blessed, man. I yeah. smoked a cigarette when I was like 18. And actually, I'd never smoked a cigarette. I, it was, uh, I think it was 1990. It was the worst drought of weed ever. Mm -hmm. You couldn't find weed anywhere. And my friend got hash from Amsterdam. Mm. And she was like, dude, you have to smoke it in a cigarette, man. You have to just Passion unroll a cigarette with tobacco. And I did. Just, oh, I never felt so bad in my life. And that was the last time I had any interest in tobacco. Damn. Yeah. yeah. That's almost like, I did this one time. I think I was like 18. I put like. I tried dip for the first time in a movie. <laughs> so I tried it in a movie theater. Right. And like, I was like, I don't know if it's working. So I put some more <laughs> that my friend gave me. Next thing you know, the screen went blurry, ran out of the movie theater, started puking in the, like the lobby, trying to make my way to the bathroom. It was pretty, it was pretty atrocious. And you know, you want to talk about that compared to the first time I tried weed. Yeah. First time I tried weed, I remember just being like, and it, you know, you do have the endocannabinoid system. I, mine was empty. And when I saturated it for mm -hmm. the first time, I was like, oh my God, this is what I was missing. 
You know, we're <laughs> yeah. so different as far as, man, I've always had a sensitive stomach, drink two or three beers. I'd be like, oh, man, I feel terrible. Ah, Interesting. Going yeah. and being You're like able me to, then, yeah. yeah. I was the same way. Being yeah. able to hang out and smoke a joint. You know what? I don't consider myself having a bad stomach anymore because I'm high all yeah. the time. It's almost, it's almost the opposite at that point, you know? You're, mm. you're wanting to eat something at that point. Well, yeah. Yeah. Everyone's biology is different. Like, for example, look, it's in the AM right now. Like, I'm a PM smoker. Right. Yeah, we were talking so like, about yeah. that, man. Yeah. Definitely. Like I basically just smoke to go to sleep, and people are like, "Oh, Nate, you film can of cribs. You probably do dabs all day <laughs> long." And I'm like, "No, actually, I basically just smoke when it hits like eight or nine p.m. and that's how I pass out. That's my that's my jam." I teach uh, younger people. My kid, my kid is a teenager, and her friends. You know, cannabis is everywhere now, and mm-hmm. I'm like, "Yo." It's everywhere. You're not gonna, you're not going to deny it. But the more you abuse this, the more you wake and bake and just you know smoke a joint at you know whatever at nine in the morning, the mm-hmm. less the less it's. By the way, it's at least eleven. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> but the less it's going to work. I mean, if I were to yeah. wait till eight o'clock, not smoke all day, and then hang out, and smoke a joint with you tonight. Yeah, I'd be making a lot less sense than I'm making right now. Right. The fact that I right. smoke all day, every day, mm-hmm. kind of. Mm-hmm. I think I mean, we were talking about it, about uh, kind of getting used to your endocannabinoid system being saturated. Yeah. You know, yeah. being able to operate at that level. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Your mileage may vary. Yeah. It's say. different for everyone. Uh-huh. Well, jokes are just bullshit. And how'd you guys like? When did you when did you guys tell me your cannabis? When did you start first, ugh, first start smoking it? When did you did you fall in love with it immediately? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no. Do you want to take this first or sure? What? <laughs> I'll take. I mean, I'll take it first. I guess I have kind of a funny story. So I was, Uh-oh. shit. Let me see. I was either thirteen or fourteen. I was at my friend Connor's house. I remember this. He lives like four blocks away from my house, and I remember earlier that day, um, there was like something they said at the school, and they were like, there was this guy driving around in a black jeep. And he, like, came by the school and propositioned, like, giving someone a ride home. And they were like, watch out. Like, PSA, you know, public yeah, service. Yeah. So watch out for That's this guy in a black Jeep. Whatever, you know, I didn't think about it that <laughs> right. much. We smoked, and they smoked for the first time. And I was like, you know what? This is a lot more low-key than I expected it to be. Right. I remember thinking that. And, you know, people were saying, like, oh, this first time you smoke, you don't really get high. And I was like, okay, maybe I'm not really high, but I just feel, like, a little bit different. Sure. You know? And I started walking home, my little 13 or 14 year old self. What do I tell you? The first thing I see is a black Jeep driving down the road. And all of a sudden I went down that dark, like, you know, that dark hole where you're like, get paranoid as fuck. And I was like, dude, this is what happens when you do drugs, man. I was like, I got into the, like, like, I was like crawling around near the bushes to make it the four blocks to my house. This this Jeep would pick me up. But then again, I probably was not the most attractive 13 year old boy. (laughs) Man, it sucks. Not even abductable. I I don't know what I was scared about, but that was my first time. Wow, man. Thought everybody's following you. That's awesome. Yeah. My first time was actually pretty late in life. You know, I, w- I grew up a very model Asian kid life. So when I got my first truck is when I lost my mind. And uh, I remember the first place I smoked was it was out of a water bottle bong in a blown out abandoned KFC on Beach <laughs> Boulevard in California. Five minutes from the beach. We were like, let's just do it. Let's smoke this. Because I got like one or two nugs from some guy right. that worked at a smoke shop. Right. So yeah, we smoked it, and the first thing I remember is just how everything, how slow everything got. Right. You know? And then after that, it just uh, pro- standard progression. It I kind of like knew the culture before I actually smoked, so right. like, I should probably get munchies. I should probably get a little bit of like giggly, and so it was pretty predictable for me. So 
I just kind of, uh, yeah, enjoyed that first time. And then after that, I just haven't really stopped. I did stop for the military, of course. Yeah, I didn't smoke for four years when I was in the Marine Corps. Hang on. In the Marine Corps? Yeah. Man. Holy shit, man. Yeah. Respect, man. It's it's a good time. You have some fun. Wow, I'm sure. trying to picture, picture yeah. you with Marine hair. What, what kind of hair did you have back then? Oh, uh, you should just see my driver's license here. That, oh, I haven't even seen this bad Oh, uh, really? Whoa. I was not dude. Yeah, I'm gonna talk about weed rubbing off oh, on you, shit. man. I would oh, so not fuck with that guy <laughs> in that picture. Yeah. My mom hates it when I shave my head. She says I look like a thug. You look pretty tough, man. What are you gonna do? We're, I'm just laughing about the whole change of cannabis culture. I'm t- I think I smoked on a rooftop, you know, snuck up to the rooftop and smoked yeah. with my friends. Back you in smoked the in an abandoned KFC. Exactly, yeah. It yeah. was such a shame, drugs and shame to this. I, in the early 90s specifically, mm-hmm. man, George Bush was president when I decided to start <laughs> becoming a pothead, you know? No shit. So that's later in life. Oh, the first, first George Bush. Yeah, first, first George Bush. Yeah. <laughs> Look at this, all right? It's right, man. It's all right. Dude has a picture. uh, Dude, my Uh co-host, has a picture of shaking Ronald Reagan's hand when he's like nine or ten years old. Uh, That's I blame his parents. Don't get me wrong. Dude, laugh at that. It's so so funny. funny. It's like drugs has won the war on drugs. Oh, yeah. You know, I love that. That's why we had Tommy Chong on recently, and I said that he broke the Sterner stereotype and everybody got mad. But he created what I sh- kind of should have said is he created the stoner stereotype and then through successful living turned it. Yeah. You know, you know oh, 10, 15 years ago, you started hearing, you know, Tommy Chong, he's actually a, a really healthy, you know, or he, dude, he just beat cancer. You know, he's 83 and yeah. kicking ass. Running you know? like three businesses in the background. Yeah. yeah but yeah. slowly but sure, you know, that kind, you know, dumb stoner. Well, apparently you know, it's a performance enhancing drug. So. Yeah, well, you know what? I'm finding According to the Olympics. Oh, yeah, according yeah. to the Olympics. Why, what That's happened what there? I knew I watched like zero. Oh, Olympics, you don't know man. about that? The big story about the runner that was like basically, what was her name again? Do you remember? Shikari Richardson. Shikari oh, I Richardson. do remember that one. I do yeah. remember that one. She was a beast. She was awesome, too. Yeah, exactly. And she it's was like, incredible. She Dude. got. Weed is a performance enhancing drug. Let's get that straight, man. When I go mountain biking and I smoke a fucking, (laughs) I'm super stoned. A, I don't worry. For real. I don't worry about what I'm running over. Sure, sure. I just know I'm running over a bunch of crazy shit. You kind of just take it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it does. It really does change. uh, But I don't know. I'm siding with weed. I don't care. I'm siding with weed and against the Olympic Committee. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. I think everyone is. I think now that skateboarding is like in the olympics <laughs> right like how how the hell are they gonna have we like disqualify you from thank the you. olympics yeah, thank yeah. you and with honestly with so many countries that have established medical programs like come on like oh, yeah. we all realize the medical potential of this like they're yeah. not like it's not performance enhancing in the way that you know like a steroid is like no. Well, it's, it's going like, to help you with your recovery. I will. Exactly. Yeah. It helps you relax, relax and recover. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And especially yeah. when you think of the alternatives, man, if you hurt yourself or even you have a, a muscle strain. I'm, dude, I just fucking slept wrong on my neck a couple days ago mm. and my neck hurt. And when I went to sleep the next day, I couldn't fucking fall asleep because yep. my neck hurt. You know what I did? Yeah. I put some CBD on it. Right. Nice. Stunk right. up the whole house, man. Where is that tiger? Yeah. It's like CBD, like mixed with Ben Gay or something like oh, that. Yeah. I thought that works God really damn, well. It works so good. It's, it's not exactly tiger that. Tiger balm. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I love that stuff. Sometimes I just put it like on my chest just to smell it and it makes to me get that vapor rub effect. Right. Yeah. yeah. Vapor rub. Yeah. No, that vapor rub is, effect. That's right. awesome. It relaxes you, man. It does. <laughs> so, so I will say, all right, man, I, I, I pegged you as a stoner. 
How'd you, how'd you get into the? What made you want to get into this the cannabis, cannabis industry? industry, man? I mean, that's pretty yeah. deep, bro. Are you? A yeah. con- I know you're badass content creators. You guys are. Is that where you came from? Are you? Are no, you- not really. Like no? I said, we fell into that. Um, really, it was more like you know, I went to school at University of Oregon. I was part of like Students for Sensible Drug Policy. So. I was just interested in like drug policy, but I thought I was gonna like do finance, you know. <laughs> ah, yeah. My brother does finance. Yeah. You're better. You're better off here. <laughs> yeah. Me. So I like interned at at Morgan Stanley for three months, and you know what's really funny? Actually, this is something that not too many people know, but I had one suit and like one dress shirt, and I, I used to just wear that same thing for like an entire week. Listen. And then I used to like just clean it on the weekend, but like I would see it, and I would like I could tell by Friday I was like. A it's getting rough. Yeah, it's getting rough. You know, and I was like, I'm not made for this place. No. Like, this is like, it takes, like a, <laughs> it takes a very special, you know what it is? It I, um, I don't know if I worship weed, but I'm so that, yeah, that's kind of my goal is to have, you know, great weed to be able to grow amazing weed yeah. and just to have, be in that culture, you know, be a, a success in the weed culture, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I hung out with some finance people and they wanted to be success in the finance culture. And that just means collecting money. And since there's no like better quality money, mm-hmm. you just have to collect the most of it. Yeah, it's and it so was the scary. weirdest fucking game ever. It yeah, is. Right. It is a game. For that's sure. what scared me. I looked looked in the parking lot and like everyone had the same haircut. They all drove a Mercedes. Yeah. They all like right. talked about the same shit. And I they was probably like, all had. I more. saw my future, and I was like, dude, this shit's scary. Yeah. So then I just literally broke off and went to San Francisco, and then started working for a dispensary. And I was like, Holy I'm going shit. opposite. That, that is and awesome. Since then, that is a departure. Yeah. Since then, yeah, I was just like. Literally moved on my brother's couch, and I'm like, I'm applying to every dispensary in the city until one hires me. And then <laughs> I, I did what? three weeks later that, and then like the rest is history. Just been like growing and being in the cannabis industry ever since. So, and they, yeah. that should be inspirational to a lot of people. Yeah. Where they say, if you don't like, if you don't love your life, then change it. Yeah. Dude, you're, I mean, a lot of times that is so much easier said than done. Yeah. But if a guy from finance can do it, then go, go yeah. work at a dispensary. I didn't Sounds make like it in finance long. Remember, I said that. I wasn't even done with school. Like, <laughs> I worked at a tennis pro shop, too. So right. You know, I had to lie that I was in varsity tennis to get that job. You ever play tennis? Uh, yeah. On Wii. <laughs> you know, I totally did. I used to live in Aspen. I worked for that tennis oh, pro there shop. you go. There you go. Oh, Man. shit. I used to bike to work and just hang out and doing, yeah, random shit. Just like dicking off. At my job. <laughs> so how the hell did you get to from there to, because I, I got to admit, I saw uh can of cribs yeah that shit's high end man it yeah it's like something that could be on tv it is it, it is pretty high end it should yeah. be yeah. just saying we have like know. a ragtag group from tucson they're like so yeah. university of arizona has a uh uh film school and basically those are just a whole bunch of guys who live in tucson who went to film school right and they're like friends of ours and we were just like hey let's go do this let's <laughs> film this episode thing you know and try it out and we did and it kind of like took off so it's still like basically that same group of people. And there's like nine of us. We just go out and film these operations. And, you know, now we're just a little really? more organized than we used to be. But <laughs> yeah, when we go film Canna Cribs with the whole crew, I mean, like we have a good time. I mean, you know, I will say like last time we went to Las Vegas and we filmed, there was that Meow Wolf thing going on. Dude, The that whole just crew went into here. that non-sober, I will say, you know, and like that's the kind of random shit we'll get into if we're on, you know, <laughs> out touring. So people are like, oh, yeah, it's pro- professional production guys. We're like, no, nah, we're just a whole bunch of like 20 and 30 year old guys trying to right. make some cool stuff and then. 
not oh. professional, but I have one suit. Okay, yeah, man. <laughs> I know. Look professional. Every once in a while, these like weird DMT pens fly into random places and things like that. Really, yeah. you guys are hard. I'm so scared. <laughs> I'm so scared of that, man. We uh had a uh, dude grows what you could do grows cup. The why am I? Blanking on it, man. The DGC mm. cup. That's what yeah. we call it. <laughs> and uh, our buddy brought over these little bags that had, they looked shady. There's just sure. bags of powder. Yeah. It's just like, but it was powdered. Powder. Uh, shout out to uh, Potent Ponic Steve. Yeah. It was like this powdered THC. He figured out how to synthesize Ooh. it into a powder. Uh, CBD. And then it wasn't Potent Ponic Steve that brought this last one, but one of them just had a D on it. And yeah, and, <laughs> so, and with, those those were more interesting than that. Those were like THC bonded to a pharmaceutical carrier. Right, it, it was also a CB receptor wipe. So it, it would like it just no ceilings. If you kept taking more, you would keep getting higher and higher because it's wiping your. You, wow. you guys remember spice? Yeah, I that thank is God. spice. Thank God I could get weed. Yeah, I know, yeah. I know. But when I was in the Marine Corps, K2. let me tell you, there was a K2. Yeah. A lot of people so were smoking spice up. back then. Yeah. I remember people freaking out on yeah. it, right? But the problem is, oh, because of those precursors that they add to that, because right. it's a mm -hmm. pharmaceutical, dudes would get too high. You know, you could literally green out very quickly yeah. smoking K2 or Lose spice. Lose your goddamn mind. You'll click your own meth. Yeah, you get really Yeah, bad. I heard about that. It was rough. It was rough. That's yeah. what I'm... <sighs> Yeah. Luckily, I, I was, man. I was, that was like the year that that became popular was the year I got out of the military. <laughs> right. So it was perfect timing for me. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I didn't have to deal with it. You know, I didn't have uh, to ever really smoke K2 or spice to ever shit. Honestly, when I was in the military, I didn't really want to, and I didn't really care. But once I got out, let me tell you that first year. <laughs> how bad is drug nuts. testing in the military, man? In the Marine Corps, it's pretty extensive. So if you're in the Marines, don't do drugs. Yeah. Yeah. Because you'll get a dishonorable discharge, fuck your life up. Um, it's You have to be pretty heinous to get a dishonorable, but it'll give you like an other than honorable. Which other than honor, yeah, is that like yeah. another like an it's like the it's like the, it's like the uh, yeah. purgatory of discharge Holy essentially. Shit. So, discharge? Yeah, so you, you get out, but you get none of the benefits of mm -hmm. being in the military. Okay, which is all right. And, so don't smoke weed. You know yeah. what? And I know yeah. I, I honestly know some great guys that have had great careers just ruined because they did one thing one night while they were Jesus. out with their friends because all of their friends aren't in the military and they do whatever. It could have been a contact. It could have been anything. But it just destroys their lives. So it's it's the drug policy in the Marine Corps. I get it, but it is very harsh, and there's not enough room for leniency on that. But then again, that's probably why I'm not not in the Marine Corps. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's come to the dark side. I'm here. Uh, it's warm. I like it here. It is. It's warm on the dark side. Yeah, it's nice. Yes. Oh wow, mm -hmm. that's but, awesome, man. Yeah. So all right, tell me somebody cool because I've seen. I'm not supposed to tell. I've heard that you got somebody cool coming up for Can of Cribs. Oh but, yeah. So we're filming. Um, so we're doing. A, we do these tours where we go to different areas of the yeah of the country because it's it's a lot of production. So we'll go out to like L.A. is where we're going next. We're gonna film like really? four at once, right? Over like two weeks. So we're gonna go film a few people. The biggest one that people have been asking for for a long time is the Jungle Boys. Yeah. Nice. You know, so they're one of the most well-known growers, probably you know in the world, I guess at this point when yeah. it comes to cannabis. So, yeah. You know, we're gonna go through the facility and show everyone basically how they do what they do. So, what makes the Jungle Boys the Jungle Boys? We're gonna do. Really? Cannabis Crips is really kind of like you know Discovery Channel how it's made. Yeah. Yeah, that's basically what Cannabis Crips is. It's just like we just go through and we're like. How do you propagate? How do you veg? Wow. How do you flower? Wow. How do you cure? How do you dry? You're you know? just making me How laugh. How do you package? Dude, so, are, you, are you allowed to watch How It's Made with your wife? 
Well, my wife fucking, she's like, hell no. She hates it. Dude, I love that. <laughs> I love the best that. show oh, in the world. It has to be, so have good. to do with weed. Especially when you're so yeah. high. And then there's like a new anything. one. Yeah. Like I seen one yesterday. It's like inside yeah. the factory. And I'm like, oh, I want to record that. Yeah. She's there. I'm just like, it, it looks okay, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> no, is that really like an inspiration for you? Because how it's made really does explain. It, it kind of is. And it's like, at the same time, you know, we call our show edutainment. Because yeah. it's like educational yeah. and then it's entertaining. So it's like you could turn it on. So, you know, I guess for those listening, if you don't know Candy Cribs, go online and subscribe. Right. And if you want to see that Jungle Boys episode, I think it'll probably launch in like before the end of 2021. It'll launch. Mm-hmm. So we're going to film yeah. October, probably launch it in November, December of 2021. So Holy shit. I'm like, damn, fun. it takes us a long time away. Dude, it's yeah. already what? Almost October? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, it's already almost yeah. October. But yeah, I mean, 2020 that, sucks so bad. Crazy. 2021 just went. This went decade's by. looking out to be kind of a boner decade so yeah. far, but we'll see how it goes. <laughs> Big boner. I, we'll see yeah. how it goes. I will tell you. Uh, <laughs> ever I told you, like in the in the 80s and 90s, I was in the George Bush era back in the day. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And then something happened in 90. I don't know if it was Clinton or what, but shit got loose, man. And people like 91, 92, that whole grunge thing, man. The whole oh. fucking. Part, I think people like, were fed up with the 80s. Thing. But yeah. Then, Look at us. We're all wearing flannel. Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> Did you go to Seattle ever with a flannel on there? <laughs> I was born in Bellingham. I was basically born. With Whoa. Flannel. Yeah. I was listening to Nirvana with a flannel on by the time I was like six months old. Wow. <laughs> I, I, have a, yeah, yeah. I have a buddy like that. And he's the most mellow, like straight guy in the world. And yeah. I'm like, dude, you are so cool, man. Dude, <laughs> like, I'm wearing Dr. Martens. I don't get any more grunge than it. Like, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Whoa, so, man. Whoa. I know. I've had like the grunge, like I'm 110% uh, probably. Peak grunge, but yeah. for real things do swing like a pendulum they do you know so as tight as we are now i'm hoping it loosens up we get to party a good bit i'm pretty sure it will i'm I'm pretty sure it will 2022 will be the year of letting loose i hope so i hope the decade just gets better and then by 2030 we'll be like Man, it got good. You know? Yeah, and <laughs> when this shit lets yeah. loose, it's yeah. gonna bust wide open. Yeah, oh, and I know. have some parties. We'll be we'll be looking at this episode, you know, ten years back, <laughs> saying, "Oh, remember the good times when the cannabis industry was so tiny?" Yeah, it was so you cute know? back then. It was yeah. so cute. Look at yeah. We all, all had right. these big dreams. We had twenty subscribers. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah. Did you see that? Uh, well, I'm worried about that. We were just talking. Yeah. The reason we threw the cameras on us, we were just having a killer conversation, and uh, we were talking about the different markets. Mm-hmm. You know, the different where you guys are in the Arizona market. We're talking yeah. about there's a separate market in uh, Oklahoma that's blowing up right yeah. now. There's yes. markets that have peaked, like in. Uh, 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 Portland stuff, you know, Oregon. Oh, yeah. And so it's, you yeah. kind of wonder about first off, dude, what, what we're talking about was Amazon. I asked you guys, have you seen that, that, uh, uh um, article about Amazon? I personally haven't. I've and have, lobbying, yeah. lobbying towards federal legalization. So they can ship shit across the States, yeah, man, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and you're talking about what you're going to see 10 years from now. Oh, remember when the industry was so cute that you could whatever, make an impact by, going in your back barn and turning a camera on and up, yeah. uploading it to YouTube. Right. You know, when it's completely corporatized and you're going to, I, I just wonder, I wonder what it's going to be like in 10 years. I don't know. I mean, so here's something. I was on a panel with um, a few people that are pretty high in the cannabis industry, people that run these <laughs> like multi-state operation, right. public companies. And a lot of them were like, you know, we don't think there's going to be cross-state, you know, cannabis trade exporting, importing from other states. There are like three states that probably would really love to do it. And that's like California and then some some of the other big ag states where right. they grow like big row crops outdoors. Mm-hmm. But the other states, like they want to keep it 
within their borders because they've already set up the infrastructure within their state to manage it. Sure. And they're bringing in all the tax revenue. And then so if cannabis is coming in from other states, it displaces their tax revenue. Mm-hmm. Right. So right. all these people that would benefit from it, like, you know, I won't name names, but all these public companies you can invest in the cannabis sure. industry. Sure. You know, they would love it if they had one giant growing operation, probably in Kentucky, and they could just ship out to all their dispensaries all over the country. That would be great for the economies of scale and business. Mm, right, right. But they're not banking on that happening because of these vested interests in the states. And if you think about it, you have like senators and you know representatives. They're going to be saying, we want this tax revenue in our state so that I can meet my budget. Sure. So like, I don't sure. think it's going to happen. I think it's going to be state by state for a long time unless something happens that I'm you know not thinking about right now that those are for a loop. See, I can tell you studied finance a little bit, man. Well, head <laughs> on, brother. Yeah, that was interesting, yeah. man. Very interesting. Brother. I don't know. I pay attention to the industry just because it's like, you know, just like for you, for me, it's a livelihood. Like, yeah. Really, people are like, oh, you just do canna cribs. You just like travel and film stuff. I'm like, yeah, no, that's no. like, that happens like 5% of my job. My yeah. real job is like, we supply equipment to growers. So we're chatting with growers all the time and learning about what their trials and tribulations are right just trying to supply them with equipment and that's what i've been doing for 10 years you know by the way i've so talked to you for an hour and i just figured that out man so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so give yourself a plug man what do you what do you like so yeah. is that what growers network is or so yeah there's house. kind of growers three house. company okay. well there's really two companies so there's growers house which is the equipment supply company and then there's growers network smoking another joint. oh yeah, yeah. Please, go please, for please. it why not we're hanging out for sure but growers network is like an online forum so people can go and like you know discuss growing cannabis with one another uh and then um Cannacribs is just the content series sure but those two companies are separate as entities but basically it's kind of one company where we interact with one another and mike over here you know he's one of our you know, subject matter experts. He's a staff agronomist and we're working on some content together. Um, just like the same thing, edutainment, like putting out content that can help growers become better growers. Mm-hmm. But Dude, uh, hang on, like, you say edutainment. Thank yeah. you. I'm going to actually give you a fist bump for oh, that. Of course. Because, dude, there's so much of the opposite going on right yeah, now. Yeah, there's a lot like, of junk. I don't, I don't understand what's happening. It's I like think a I do. Garbage-tainment. <laughs> but really, I do. I just sit there and go, yeah. I smell, I go. They're trying to make us dumber, right? Yeah. So thank no. you for trying to make us smarter. That's funny you, know? you bring that up because Mike's goal is literally to make our customers smarter because he does consulting on the nutrient side, the pesticide side. Sure. He builds out like full, basically, SOPs or standard operating procedures or plans for like, oh, you have 100,000 square feet. Really? What do you do to make sure you don't have fungus gnats? Or how do you end up bringing down your nutrient cost or increasing cannabinoids? You know. Wow, so that he is builds, what you do? He builds those plants. That's a trip, yeah. man. That's yeah. fucking cool. It's a fun job. Super fun job. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so after the military, this guy <laughs> went to the University of Arizona. Yeah. And uh, ended New up working, crew, yeah. Yeah, yeah at yeah. the Controlled Environment Agriculture Center. And, you know, we worked with him with some other companies. Yeah, working that's funny. Big Ag. I was, was actually, really, I pivoted yeah. up from Big Ag. Good, because we need people that, that come from that side of things, because yeah. it's a lot different than having somebody come up from a closet. It is. It, yeah. The priorities are a little bit different. 
And when you got like giant investors breathing down your neck, you got to shift those priorities to that ag world. You know, you're it's all about ROI for those guys. And well, it's all about doing things intelligently. Exactly. I, I have that yeah. efficiently. You know, I, I, that's the big thing is being efficient. Yeah, I have that bamboo nursery, and I was a weed. Oh, grower. that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a weed grower originally, and then uh -huh. I was like, "This is gonna be great, man. I can. Uh, it's a great front." But, but uh, allegedly, man, allegedly, fertilizer. No, it's for the bamboo. Yeah. yeah. But when I when I uh, started, I was like. Like, all right, man, give me like, I guess three, like, where's my grow, bloom, and micro? Right. You know? Right, yep. And I was looking for tanks to hold liquid feed, and they just they were like, liquid feed. That's like the, that's the dessert, bro. You yeah. Can do that every now and again. <laughs> Those are like the additives for like boosting something. Yeah. yeah. And he was like, you got it so wrong if you're trying to grow at scale. Yeah, yeah. And so, and a, a lot of those things do. Uh, trickle down or trickle over to cannabis. They do, especially you know, cannabis because it's so precious, like pound for pound. Like, what other crop are you going to get a two thousand dollars per pound for soybeans? No. Is there any other crop, man? Ginseng. 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 Oh, yeah, I, I can see that. Appalachian ginseng. Oh, All the like domestically produced. Yeah, oh, like I can see 40, that. Forty-five hundred dollars. That's pretty fancy, though. Yeah, wow. but you're oh, so yeah. right. And for that money, you get to. Uh, really baby it really you can give it monosilicic exactly. acid exactly Did I say it right mm -hmm. man shit's expensive <laughs> <laughs> it gets up there for sure yeah no, but you there. know you know it's one thing no matter what nutrient i use though i always add some of that because it's one of those things that makes the difference yep. you know yeah it's expensive because it's a pain in the butt to make and formulate and keep stable that's the big thing with silicas is that bottle of silica in like two years will probably turn into goo or gel right. or something weird. So it's that's yeah, that's why yeah. the costs are usually so high. Yeah. I dig, man. I dig. Oh, yeah. All right, boys. I'm too high. <laughs> you guys start like, technology damn. and now I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> anyway, man, I'm glad you guys stopped by. I'm glad the agronomist stopped by, man. Smoked mm -hmm. a joint, two joints with me. Yeah, man. yeah, man. <laughs> Super fun. You guys are badass, man. I'm looking forward to this Jungle Boys episode. Yeah, as am I. I've never been there. I've never met those guys, so we you know, have man. a good time. Hopefully we'll chop it up, have some good dinners, and then we'll see how they grow some bomb weed. Yeah, yeah, probably get really high. <laughs> <laughs> probably. Come on again. All right, y'all, be good. Hey, Greasy. Some people love to blaze up the tank. Yeah, we get happy for noon. And we're the boss man's to take a little break. That means we're lighting up a dude.